around. If you know you got a miracle in this room, somebody take about 60 seconds and just put your praise on it today. Come on. What do you believe in God for in this building? What do you believe in God to do in this house? Somebody give him a praise in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo, clap your hands one more time and give God the glory. Woo. You can be seated for just a few moments this morning. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning? Woo. Are you thankful to feel the presence of God that we feel in this place today? What an awesome moving of the Holy Ghost that's already here. I want to take just a moment and uh, add to the remarks that have already been made. And I want to say what a privilege and an honor it is to have all of our guests and our visitors that are in the house of the Lord with us this morning. One more time, church, would you help me just make some big noise this morning? And let all of our guests know how much we appreciate them. So grateful you're here in the house of the Lord with us today. And uh, if you are here for the very first time, you should have received a VIP invitation card when you walked in the door. And if you're here for the first time and you did not receive one of these, if you would just raise your hand very quickly, one of our staff will bring one right to you. But this invitation is uh, for you to join us immediately following the service. We have a special room prepared with some light refreshments, and we have a small gift that we'd like to give you just as a token of our appreciation and let you know how much we appreciate you being in the house of the Lord. Amen. We have a little saying around here that you're only a guest for the first five minutes that you come through the door. After that, you're just part of the family. Amen. Would you turn to about three or four people sitting next to you and just tell them, welcome home today. Come on, turn to somebody on your left, on your right. Somebody sitting behind you or in front of you. Just tell them, welcome home, welcome home. Amen. So grateful to have you in the house of the Lord. God has been doing some incredible things this past week. Uh, last Sunday night, Ariel was baptized in Jesus' name, received the gift of the Holy Ghost. How many remember Ariel? She's the Starbucks barista that a whole bunch of people been witnessing to and talking to her. She came and God moved in her life in such a powerful week, uh, in such a powerful way this past week. And then Tuesday night, my goodness, Brother Trevor Sloss preached such an incredible word in this house. How many of you thank God for the ministry of some of these great young men and young ladies in this house? And God using them, such a powerful word from the Lord. And then Wednesday, Titus was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of his sins. Amen. I think this is an acquaintance or a friend of Brother Nick's, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, God is working in his life, in his family's life. They're supposed to be in the house of the Lord with us. How many of you thank God for that? And then yesterday, Christina was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Woo! 
And uh, I got a report that this week uh, we had 76 people in Bible studies this week. Amen. I think there were maybe even a couple of more Bible studies on uh, yesterday that weren't counted in that number. Almost 80 people in Bible studies. How many of you thank God for the harvest, for revival? Amen. How many of you want to be a part of what God's doing in the harvest? <clears throat> Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me, God. Amen. And so we're very grateful for what God is doing. I uh, was traveling this week uh, and was in Colorado for a conference. And uh, when that airplane touched down on Fort Myers soil, I almost started speaking in tongues. Amen. There's just something about this place. God's favor is on Fort Myers, on the Rock Church, and I'm grateful to be a part of it. Amen. Stand with me all over the house if you would. Grab your Bibles. I want to go to the book of Revelation, chapter number 3. The book of Revelation, chapter 3, is where you'll find my assignment for this morning. And um, I want to begin reading in verse number 1. Revelation, chapter 3, verse Number one says, And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest, and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. Thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. And for a few moments this morning, I simply want to preach about the things that remain. The things that remain. Would you put your hands together and give God another hand clap of praise in this house? Somebody ought to go ahead and just praise him like he's worthy. Let's give him a Psalm 150 praise and praise him according to his excellent greatness. Somebody ought to praise him for his mighty acts. Woo! Glory to the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Revelation chapter number 3 is part of a series of addresses that are given from God to these seven churches. More specifically, God is speaking to the pastors of these churches. 
when he addresses to the angel of the church, he is speaking to the pastor of the church. And here in chapter number three, he begins to address the church of Sardis. And here in the opening remarks of his address, we find encouched the topic in which I want to preach to you this morning. He begins to speak to the church in Sardis, and he opens up by telling them that he knows their works and that they have a name that says they are alive. And then he declares, but ye are dead. He then goes on to admonish them and says to strengthen the things that remain that are dying. What a unique couple of verses. In these two verses, there are three stages of existence that are addressed. The stage of being alive. The stage or the existential status of being dead. And then the status of dying. What makes it interesting is that he is addressing all three of these conditions to the same people at the same time. It is what gives this verse its uniqueness. You see, it's one thing to be alive. It's another thing to be dead. And it's another thing altogether to be in a state of dying. But as he addresses the angel of the church of Sardis, all three of these conditions are existing simultaneously in the church of Sardis. He said, you have a name that says you're alive, but the, actual, the actuality of the fact is that you are dead. And not only are you dead, but there are some things uh, inside of you uh, that are dying. Uh, isn't it something uh, that from the perspective of God, uh, that God doesn't just look uh, on the outward part of man. Uh, God does not just look uh, at what other people think about us uh, or what appears to be happening uh, on the outside. Uh, it is totally within uh, the realm of reality. Uh, that what you see uh, is not the actuality uh, of what really is. Uh, oh, it is my feeling this morning uh, that perhaps in this house uh, there are some people uh, that have a name uh, that says you are alive. Uh, when we look at you, uh, everything seems to be okay. Uh, you're breathing and you're speaking uh, 
and you're walking and you're here. But from the perspective of God, God said, I know that there are some things in your life that have died. There are some things in your life that although everybody else sees what's living, I can see some things that have died inside of you. And he begins to address this pastor and said, I'm not going to talk to you about your reputation. I'm not going to talk to you about what everybody else thinks about you and what you want everybody else to see. But I'm going to address some things that I see on the inside. I know your works and your name says that you're alive. But on the inside, there are some dead things. I wish I had some honest people in the building this morning that would say, Pastor, I'm here and I'm trying to lift my hands and I'm trying to worship God and I'm trying to go through the motion. But the fact of the matter is, is that there are some things in my spirit that are dead this morning. They're dead. There's some things in your life that could have been wheeled in here in a casket this morning. There's some things in your life that could have been delivered in the back of a hearse into the Oh, I know, I know your tie looks good uh, and your dress looks nice uh, and you got that Ferragamo cologne on uh, and you got that Chanel, uh, wh whatever number it is. Uh, and and you, you know, everything seems uh, to be, it's the appearance uh, of a living person, uh, but God sees the inside. Uh, God knows what's going on in your mind. Uh, God knows what's going on in your spirit. Uh, and God said, I'm going to address uh, some things on the inside. I'm not going to let you just come in here uh, and play games uh, and look good. Uh, you can fool some of the people uh, some of the time, uh, but God said, you can't fool me. Uh, I know uh, what's going on on the inside uh, of your spirit. You walked in here carrying some dead things. But not only the dead things. He said there are some things that are dying. There are some other things that are on life support. There are some other areas of your life that if something doesn't change, the days are numbered. There are some other areas of your walk and who you are that, that if something doesn't happen and if there's not an intervention, I'm not telling you they're sick. I'm not telling you they're just in trouble. He said, I'm telling you there are some things in your spirit that are dying. The prognosis is not good. It is terminal. The situation 
depression has no hope. It has no cure. It has no medicine. There is no fix. You're, come on, I'm preaching to some people in this building that there are some things God wants to address today that God said my prognosis is that they are dying. dying, but the context of his address is incomplete without understanding his posture towards the thing that's dying. He said, I'm not going to deal with what looks like it's living, and I'm not going to deal with the thing that has passed away. He said, but I want to talk to you about the things that remain. I want to talk to you about some of those things that are still there, but you can barely feel the pulse. They're still there, but when you look at them, there's barely any breath coming out of your dream, and there's barely any 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 movement. God said, that's what I want to talk about, and his commandment to the angel of the church of Sardis, he said, strengthen the things that remain. Oh, you know, you can get so focused on grieving the things that have died that you fail to spend energy on the things that are still alive. Oh, I came to preach to somebody. You got to learn when to let go of some things that are dead and that are gone and turn your attention to the things that still remain. God said there's some things in your life that I want you to pay attention to. Get off of the mourner's bench, dry your weeping eyes, and fix yourself on the things that are still there. I came to preach to somebody in this building. It's time to quit focusing on what you've lost and start taking inventory of what you still have. I know you lost some things. I know some things died and you're afraid that that's what's going to happen to everything else. But God said, get yourself up and strengthen the things that remain. Who am I preaching to this morning? Who am I preaching to this morning? God said, it's dying but it's still alive. It's on the decline. I don't care if it just barely twitches. I don't care if it can barely blink its eyes at you. 
I don't care if it just barely can wiggle a little finger at you. If it's not dead yet, God said, don't you throw in the towel. Don't you give up on it. Don't you pull the life support. Don't you, come on, don't you call it gone. Instead, turn your posture and begin to strengthen the thing that remains. Begin to nourish it back to health. Begin to work on reviving it. Begin to breathe. It's interesting because God deals with the pastor of the church. And he said, strengthen the thing that remains that's in the middle of the process of dying. I don't want you to look at what's dying and say, forget about it. God's not like some people that when the going's good, they're right by your side. But when all hell breaks loose uh, and you're on your last leg, uh, they're nowhere to be found. Uh, oh, they gone. Uh, they gone. No, 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 no. Uh, God said, that's not how I do it. Uh, he said, I want you to look at that thing. Uh, and he told the pastor, uh, straight. you know what he told him? Uh, I know it's dying, uh, but I want you to interrupt uh, the process uh, of death. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I know it's dying, but I want you to put your foot in front of it, and I want you to interrupt the process of death. You shall live, and you shall not die. I came to preach to somebody this morning, God telling you to change your posture about that thing that's barely hanging on. I I don't care. Come on, somebody. Uh, if you've got to do chest compressions, uh, if you got to give it CPR, uh, if you got to hook up an IV, uh, do whatever you got to do uh, and strengthen uh, the thing uh, that remains. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Who am I talking to? Who am I talking to this morning? There's some things that are on their way to die. But I want you to interrupt the power of death. Because it ain't over until God says it's over. I just need about a hundred radical people in the building. It ain't over until God says it's over. I know the doctors give it zero chance to survive. I know the doctors say there's no way. I know the general consensus is that it'll never breathe again. But I'm telling you, strengthen the thing that remains. I still got plans for it. I've still got a future for it. I've still got a hope. I wish somebody in this building would lift up your hands and begin to speak life. Speak life to that thing. Talk to that thing. Strengthen that thing that still remains. I know everybody else is saying pull the plug, but I said strengthen the thing that's still alive. 
My God, who am I preaching to? I know everything inside of you said throw in the towel. This is never going to work. But I'm telling you to strengthen the thing. You got to reach down and find the one thing that still has a pulse. Find the one thing that still has an O2 level and do whatever you got to do to I feel the Holy Ghost in one place. Jesus interrupts a funeral procession. Oh, this boy's gone and he's on his way to the graveyard. And the Bible said that Jesus stopped the whole thing and he speaks to the young man and God brings him from the jaws of death and raises him up. I came to preach to somebody in this place. God is speaking to you. Strengthen the thing that remains. God calls things that are not as though they already were. Strengthen the thing that remains. You see, you get over into the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. The Bible says that God brings the prophet to a valley full. You see, when somebody passes away and you're standing there looking at where they used to be, they call that their remains. These are the remains. And the Lord brings the prophet to a valley full of remains. God have mercy. He brings him to a valley full of what's left that represented an exceeding great army. And he asks the prophet the question, can these remains live? You're looking at something that's still here and it looks dead. But I want to know, can it, can the, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Can these remains live? As the prophet analyzed what was in front of him. Everything within his ability to reason suggested to him that it was an impossibility. These remains were very dry. They had been there a long time. And yet the prophet somewhere has enough wisdom to say, Lord, thou knowest. God, I don't see it. But there's a reason why you brought me here. God, I can't see how it would happen. 
Lord, I can't figure out uh, how it could ever be uh, what it's uh, uh, But Lord, uh, thou knowest. Uh, oh, I feel my help coming on uh, this morning. Uh, and so God uh, looks at the prophet uh, and he said, I want you uh, to stand uh, in front of those remains. Uh, and I want you to begin uh, to prophesy uh, unto what's left left over. I want you to begin and declare my word over the remains that are in front of you. He said, you tell those bones and say unto them, oh ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. It's time to quit speaking your words and begin to declare the the word of the Lord uh, over what remains. Uh, I'm not going to speak my doubt. Uh, I'm not going to speak uh, my fears. Uh, I'm not going to speak uh, my dilemma. Uh, hear ye uh, the word. Uh, I came to preach to somebody uh, in this building. Uh, sometimes you got to learn uh, how to declare the word of God uh, over the top of what remains in your life. Uh, you got to look at at your marriage uh, and say you shall live uh, and you shall not die. Uh, you got to get over the top uh, of your backslidden child's bed uh, and declare you shall live uh, and you shall uh, not die. Uh, strengthen uh, the thing uh, that remains. Uh, the devil wants to tell you it's over, uh, but God said preach to it. Uh, Satan wants to tell you uh, it's over with, uh, but God said speak to it. Uh, Satan wants to show you uh, the dryness, uh, but God said preach uh, and prophesy uh, to what remains. Uh, somebody ought to let the Holy Ghost uh, get a hold of them right now uh, and open up your mouth uh, and begin to declare uh, the word of life uh, over the thing that remains. Come on. Come on. The Holy Ghost is here right now. Come on. The Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on. Somebody's looking at the valley right now. Somebody's looking at some remains. Somebody's looking at something that you thought died a long time ago. But God's telling you, I want you to look at it again. I want you to revisit it again. I want you to come back here again. And then the prophet says, here's what the word of the Lord says. Oh, ye dry bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. Sometimes you got to speak to something uh, that doesn't look like it's listening to you. Uh, 
Sometimes you got to learn how to speak uh, to some situations uh, that don't look like they're alive, uh, that don't look like they're moving, uh, that don't look like they can change, uh, that don't look like there's any hope. Uh, he began to prophesy, uh, oh, ye dry remains, uh, hear ye uh, the word uh, of the Lord. Uh, thus saith uh, the Lord God uh, unto these remains, uh, behold, uh, I will cause breath uh, to enter into you uh, and ye shall live. I feel something stirring in the house. Come on, I feel a, I feel expectation rising. I tell you what's happening. There's some people right now that are looking at some dry remains, and the spirit of the Lord is stirring up inside of you, and God's telling you, I need you to pray again. I need you to get back on your knees again. Lord, but I thought it was over. I thought, no, I need you to pray again. I need you to get seek me again. I need you to speak it again. My God, who am I preaching to? Strengthen the things that remain. He begins to prophesy. And you have to remember, this wasn't a valley full of skeletons. A skeleton, all the bones are together. This was a valley full of bones. It was chaos. There was no structure or order. In other words, where do I even begin? That's what I'm preaching to somebody's question this morning uh, that says, I don't even know where to start uh, with that situation. Uh, I don't even know where to begin uh, with that situation. Uh, but you hear me when he began uh, to prophesy. Uh, the Bible said that bone uh, came to bone. Uh, God knew exactly uh, how to grab all of the elements uh, and bring it together uh, exactly in the order uh, that it was supposed to be in. Uh, when you'll get on your face and begin to declare the word of the Lord, God has a way of bringing order and bringing structure and putting things back together again, strengthen the things that remain. Strengthen. Speak to them. And as he began to prophesy, music come. Bone came to bone. And the Bible said that the sinew, the muscle tissue, and the nerves, and the ligaments begin to cover over the bones. I thought it was dead. I thought it was over. God said, I've still got some remains. And as long as there's some remains, there's still an opportunity for life. And as he began to prophesy, all of a sudden the corpuscles and the blood vessels and 
the arteries. Uh, and the Bible said that flesh uh, began to cover all of the tissue. Uh, and laying there in front of him uh, was an army uh, that looked uh, like it had already been gone. Yet there was still no life. And so then, with those lifeless bodies laying there, God said, now I want you to prophesy to the environment. I want you to prophesy to the winds. Because in order for there to be life, there has to be the right environment. So now I want you to prophesy to the wind. I'm preaching to somebody right now that God can turn your whole environment around. Lord, I know I want it to live, but there's no way. Look at the environment. Look at the situation. God said, don't just speak to the remains. Begin to prophesy to the environment. And as he began to prophesy, the Bible said the wind began to blow. That's what I feel in the building right now. There's a wind that's beginning to blow across this sanctuary. And as the wind began to blow, all of a sudden, those remains begin to stand up an exceeding great army. preaching as we stand all over this house I'm preaching to some people right now the Holy Ghost sent me in here to tell you it's time to bring the remnants and put them at the foot of God and strengthen the things that remain listen when Jesus finds the widow woman, he asks her for something. And her complete focus is on what was gone. My husband died. He's gone. And my money's gone trying to make it on my own. And now they've taken my son as a slave for my debt and he's gone the creditors are coming and Jesus said I've got to get your focus off of what you lost and he asks her what is in thy house what do you got left she said all I got is a little bit of oil and meal the prophet said go get it because your future is never tied up in what you've lost. Your future is always tied up in what remains. Come on, who am I talking to? Your destiny is never predicated on what's left and what's gone. But your destiny is predicated on what remains. God's speaking to somebody right now. You need to get out of your seat and move to this altar in faith and begin to say, all right, God, I'm going to strengthen the things that remain. I'm going to pray about it again. I'm going to shed some tears over 
over it again. Come on. Uh, you've got to feed it. Uh, you've got to nourish it. Uh, you've got to, come on, whatever you got to do. Uh, God should get your focus uh, on what's left. Here they are. Uh, come on, come on, fill these altars uh, this morning. Come on, help me pray, church. Uh, begin to lift up your voice uh, and strengthen uh, the things uh, that remain. Uh, come on, God sees exactly uh, where you're at. Uh, God knows exactly uh, what you've been through. Uh, but God wants you to strengthen uh, what remains. Come on, come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Come on, it's not over. It's not over. God's still working it out. God's still working it out. God's still working it out. Come on.